This is the Women Your Mother Warned You About podcast, sponsored by Sales Gravy. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer and Director of Coaching Programs at Sales Gravy. Before we get started with this week's episode, I want you to go and check out Sales Gravy University. Sales Gravy University is the place where sales professionals and sales leaders from across the globe go to learn and upscale. And right now, if you're a brand new user and you've never used Sales Gravy University before, you can get your first course for free by using coupon code free course when you go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's coupon code free course when you go to learn.salesgravy.com. And hey, I've got several courses there that you can check out. So I hope to see you there. But let's go ahead and get started with this week's episode. I want people to look to weeds as for inspiration, I should say, and just a demonstration. This is what it looks like when you have Forgive me, but when you have a weed mindset, how could a weed have a mindset? But they do. And it's not, again, it's not sitting around smoking dubs. That's not the mindset we're talking about. It's that they are fierce. They're optimistic. They're persistent. They're aggressive and urgent and adaptive and resilient, which is exactly what we need to be if we want to succeed in business. Because all of this is about competition and thriving in um, competitive environments. And that's why we want to look to weeds, because they do it really, really effectively. God knows what will get included with this episode, uh, but let's let's go ahead and get started. Here we are. Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About with me, Gina Tremarco, one of your co-hosts, and uh, Susanna Gray-Jones, the other co-host. The blonde co-host. And of course, this show is sponsored by sales gravy. And we're so excited that on this episode, we've got yet another guest, another, you're speaking it outbound, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I got that right. Stu Heineck is with us to uh, be here with us. He was with us last year with the last co-host. And I just feel like Susanna needed to meet all of all of the speakers this year because a lot of them she didn't get to meet last year. And she didn't get to experience you on the podcast last year. So we had to bring oh, you back. Yeah. And it's Susanna, not just for me. There, <laughs> were you there last year? I wasn't. I was virtually. Um, oh, and I see. Okay. For, for any it. listeners, actually, who do want to tune in virtually, it was a brilliant experience. I felt like, yeah, it was so professional. I felt like I was there. So, um, yeah, but I will be there this year, and I'm okay. Excellent, excellent, and you will love excited. it. It's, it's an amazing, amazing event. That last year was my first time. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and it's going to be um, bigger and better this year. So we're super excited. You're going to be there. We're going to be there. Um, Susanna and I will be back on the main stage as the lunchtime entertainment. I like to say as we live stream <laughs> of this podcast for two days um, over lunch, which. Is super fun. Um, so we're looking forward to that and looking forward to hearing you speak. And I don't know, Susanna, I know that you were listening to the past episode with Stu because um, I gave that to you as a homework assignment. But well, I mean, there's quite a few that I listened to, actually. Um, and yeah, I mean, try, you got to hold me back on this episode, guys, because I have <laughs> lots of questions of these nuggets, these well, nuggets of wisdom that I know this, we'll be getting. Yeah, Stu is um, Stu is very cool. He's got such a cool background. I, I would say, hey, go listen to the last episode where Stu was on here. I think it was, ep- was it, I think it was episode 139 
I think. I just vaguely recall that because uh-huh. I know I, I sent you the link. So uh, episode 139 to get the uh, part one with Stu. This is part two with Stu. And I so, so I want to kick it off with, you know, when we last left off with you last year, you were getting ready to launch um, your newest book, which is out now. We started talking about it. I don't think it was officially launched, but you were going there. And that's how to grow your business like a weed. Mm. And I love this, that you have a weed strategy. So I'd like to first talk a little bit about that, um, about your book. And then what are you bringing to us at Outbound? And then maybe I'll let Suzanne get a worded edgewise because she has brilliant questions. So let's kick off with um, talking a little bit about your book. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Well, well, by the way, it just launched. It just launched June 1st. So awesome. Just out. Uh, and by the way, I mean, you, your listeners can't see us, but I'm not talking about this weed, you know, the kind you smoke. <laughs> I like when I, when I, I told about, that. Is that a, I, since that's ready to kick me off the show already, uh, I mean, I know you guys have legalized it over there. So I was like, is this a thing for sales now? <laughs> but, I'm, but what I am talking about are those weeds that are in your yard that you can't get rid of. And you're probably, you might be cursing them by now. And they're just like, you just can't get rid of them. They keep coming back and they're relentless and they're brilliant. Useless. They're brilliant. And we all know what it means to grow like a weed. So those are the weeds I'm talking about. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, so this, I'm so excited about this book because the thing is, a long time ago, I was di- driving down the Santa Monica Freeway in Los Angeles, and that's six lanes of traffic going this way, six lanes coming the other way, and a 40-foot wide median. It's all concrete, so it's no place for a plant to show up. But there, I noticed this dandelion growing out of a crack in the, the concrete median. And, you know, that's the thing that we see. We see that kind of stuff everywhere. We know I mean, that's, that's what they do. They, they just they grow out of anything. But, um, and so it shouldn't have been a very unusual experience for me, but it was because I was thinking, well, look at that thing. It's, it's, it doesn't look like, first of all, it showed up in the middle of a freeway. So, but it doesn't look like it's complaining. I mean, it doesn't look like it's saying, well, this sucks. I saw myself as, you know, living at the beach somewhere. It's, it, just, it just took root wherever it landed. And, and I just thought that was so impressive. And and then I, I realized also, it's just sitting there with those happy yellow flowers and that geodesic dome or domes of, of seeds that are blowing around. And, and, and it's running a process, isn't it? It's, it's really, it's a very purposeful thing that it's doing. And, we, and you might wonder, well, how on earth did it get there? I mean, like, why are there apple trees out there in the middle of the freeway too? And petunias, why are they growing? And, mm. and you realize, well, no, dandelions have those seeds that, they, they fly around and they probe every possible opportunity to take root. And isn't that what we should be like in our businesses? I love, I love that. Why, why isn't there an apple tree growing in the middle of the highway, Stu? I'll tell you why. Cause they, they couldn't cut it as a weed. Okay. That's what tell, it is. Seriously. So that's tell, what it is. T- tell us more about that. Yeah. Because, because weeds, weeds don't do anything without an unfair advantage. I mean, if you think about it, you can see this grow. You can see it happening in your, in your environs. I was going to say your lawn, but I won't. It's probably your lawns are perfect, you know. But, <laughs> but, We've got fake uh, grass now. <laughs> there I say. Um, but, the, you know, the thing is, so they, they have those seeds that fly around. They probe every possible opportunity to take root, as I just mentioned. And that's an unfair advantage. Daniel, I'm sorry, petunias don't do that. Apple trees don't do that. Their, their seeds are in their apples. They drop. Mm. They're, 
They're, they don't really grow very, they don't, they don't spread very far, but weeds are meant to spread and conquer territory quickly and aggressively. And so that's what I'm saying. They, they just don't, they don't have what it takes to be a weed. They don't have those unfair advantages that weeds have. I love that. Weeds are things that we want to get rid of though, right? So uh, why, no, we why still want to pull them. <laughs> just, <laughs> exactly. I mean, like I'm playing devil's advocate here, but why, why would, I want to grow my business like a weed if I can't wait to get rid of my weeds. Um, uh, I see where you, I see your conundrum. But here's the thing. I'm looking to weeds not as my friend. Well, those are my friends. Although <laughs> at, the, at the end of the book, I did say that um, the weeds are working for me now. <laughs> they're kind of my meme, you know, for the book. But, like um, but they're, they're not, it's not that. It's just I, I want people to look to weeds as, as inspir- for inspiration, I should say, and just a demonstration. This is what it looks like when you have, forgive me, but when you have a weed mindset, how could a weed have a mindset? But they do. And it's not, again, it's not sitting around smoking dudes. That's not the mindset we're talking about. It's, it's that they, they are fierce. They're, they're, they're optimistic. They're, they're persistent. They're aggressive and urgent and adaptive and resilient, which is exactly what we need to be if we want to su- succeed in business. Because all of this is about competition and, and thriving in um, competitive environments. And that's why we want to look to weeds because they do it really, really effectively. Well, you know, to, to piggyback on that, um, to help defend Stu, not that I need to defend him, but just so that because I like to go head to head with Susanna's devil advocacy. Um, you know, if you think about weeds and you think about salespeople as weeds. Right. So some of the most successful salespeople are like annoying weeds. Mm -hmm. Right. You're like, I want you to go away. And once again, I turn around and you're creeping back up. I think I've pulled you out and thrown you away. And what do you know? There you are again. And you keep coming back. And then eventually you start to see in some weeds the beauty. Right. Like dandelions Mm -hmm. are pretty. Right. They can be pretty. There are certain weeds that are pretty if you stop to like appreciate them. So I, I think, you know, if you if you compare a weed to a salesperson, mm. you know, I love that. Good salespeople are persistent. Right. Like a weed. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I would say that that. Well, the thing that I, I often find myself repeating though about weeds is that one, they always deal with what is really hard thing to do. Right. They always deal with what is. They never do anything without an unfair advantage, or maybe many un- unfair advantages. They they never do anything alone. It, they never just rely on their own efforts. You know, we 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 hear about about getting referral sources. They yeah. never do anything out alone. So they're always they're always going to to collective scale. And then finally, so wait, they, wait, I want if you don't mind me cutting you off for a second. So how do weeds not work alone? What are they doing? Well, I mean, look, when you see a dandelion in your lawn, are you seeing one? True. Or are you seeing many? You might this notice true. one. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's, like they tra- it's like they travel in a pack because they're spreading their seeds. They do. And and the thing is that if you, you know, if it was just one dandelion showing up in your lawn, it's no factor. You'd just pull it out. I mean, it would be nothing. But if you notice one in your lawn, look up, you'll see maybe hundreds of them out there. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you have this plant that is very aggressive, a, a very aggressive spreader. Each plant produces about let's say 15,000 seeds per, per plant uh, over a five to 10 year lifespan. So if you see hundreds of them out there, we know you could have a really hard time to get rid of them. <laughs> You're going to have a hard time competing with their 
their push for for turf and or or let's say maybe market share is we could relate it to market share so the other thing though just to continue is the finally finally the final thing is that weeds always focus on the things that make them win so if mm-hmm. we're talking about mindset and we're talking about unfair advantages and and scale and really it's process running a process that constantly causes them to win that's like i would hire salespeople like that all day all day long that's what that's the perfect perfect description of an entrepreneur and of a salesperson mm-hmm. uh, what do you what do you mean when you say unfair advantage mm, well um well in the weeds world I, a lot of a lot of times that that comes in the form of of um well, actually, a lot of different ways, actually, but but one is seeds, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the levels in the in the weeds model. It's an acronym for weed inspired enterprise expansion and domination strategies, and it's it's this model that helps you actually identify and cultivate new unfair, and, and and amplify unfair unfair advantages in your operation. So that could be something mm-hmm. as simple as a a great location, or mm-hmm. let's say, well, I was going to say in the case of weeds. Seeds are often one of their big unfair advantages. We just talked about dandelion seeds and how they fly around and probe every mm-hmm. possible opportunity to take root, which means that they spread a lot more, a lot faster, a lot more effectively than an apple tree does or, or a sequoia. You know, sequoia is sort of the, that, the tree that everyone seems to think is a, or an oak is a, a great metaphor for growth, but they don't spread anywhere. They don't conquer ground very effectively. So, so that, so the seeds are, are a big one. Um, in my business, I, I seem to wear a lot of hats. That's not a, that's actually not a great advantage, but, but one of those hats is I'm one of the wall street journal cartoonists. So mm. when my cartoons are published, they reach an audience of 2.1 million readers. Who else matches that? Or how, how else might you match that? I mean, it's hard to match. That's a, Unless, that's a lot of seed spreading, Stu. That's a lot of seeds. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a crazy weed. My, my, my books are seeds. They're, they're, they're out there. They're, I'm, and if I get up and speak, or I will be getting up and speaking at, at, um, at, at Outbound, well, that's an unfair advantage. That's different from attending. You know, if, if, if you're going to speak, then you get a lot more attention at the, yeah. at, at the show. If you, I mean, I know you got a lot of attention because you were up there on stage. Let's face it. It's an unfair advantage. You're one of those chicks. I'm sorry, those women, <laughs> you know, that our mothers warned us about. That's great. I mean, that's another one. The name of your, the name of your show is a great, that's an unfair advantage. Oh, that's I a really this. cool name for a show. I mean, for a podcast. So does that make sense? We've yeah. got lots of them. There are all totally. kinds of unfair advantages that we totally. can do. Yeah, I, I just wanted you to expand on that some more for our listeners, because, you know, for anybody in sales, right, think about yourself. What could be your unfair advantages, which to me is really about your unique selling proposition. It's about what differentiates you. Um, so when you yeah. hear the word unfair, sometimes you could think of that as a negative thing. But wouldn't it be cool to have unfair competitive advantages? Why not? We should mm. have those. What yeah. are yours? That's what I want the listeners to think about. Yeah, you should think about that. It's a different mindset. It's a different mindset. I love it. Um, I want to know though, Stu, um, as a salesperson, what's your unfair advantage? <sighs> well, I've got a bunch of them. One is I'm able to get meetings with just about anyone. Uh, I mentioned cartoons before. I use cartoons to break through to people. I've, I've broken through to presidents and prime ministers and celebrities, virtually anyone um, using my cartoons. And so 
So that's an unfair advantage. Again, it's it's <laughs> all that really is is it's a it's a competitive advantage that that your um, that your competition has a really hard time, maybe an impossible time uh, matching. So mm. and you know it's unfair in our you know, to our benefit. It's you know, it's, it's why it's how it's how our competitors would view them. They'd be saying, "Well, that's an unfair advantage. How the, how how are we going to meet that? Yeah. How are we going to beat that?" But yeah, I mean, so so I, as a seller, God, I. I get to, I get to reach just about anyone. That's like a superpower. Yeah, you're reminding me actually of um, a way I once got a prospect's attention. You know, in um, Shrek, you've got the cat when it does the sad eyes, and there's that picture, and everyone's heart just melts. I remember once trying to reach a prospect and using that picture and saying, "What else shall I try?" And they were like, <laughs> "Hey, that was so funny," but it doesn't work for everyone. And as the listeners are, as probably Gina is, I'm starting to think now. What is my unfair advantage? And the thing that comes to my mind is that that I can sing. I'm not amazing, but I'm okay. I'm quite a good singer. And wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Stu. Let's. We need to back up for a second here. She's okay. She's operatic trained. Oh my god! Wow. Just saying. I don't do it as a living. I'm just saying it's not just a, a you know a passing thing. She's actually trained. But go on. Well, you know, I'm not a professional cartoonist. I'm not a professional singer. So, I, you know, I'm fair. But what I would say is if I started singing to people during recordings on Vidyard, do you think people would think that's a bit weird? I mean, no, like, <laughs> no, I think they would love it. Weird in, there but are weird, stories. weird in a good way. Weird yeah, in a good way. Like, you know, Jeb, Jeb talks about, you know, in sales leadership, there are seven principles of leadership. And one of them is you are not normal. Right. Mm. So, so leaders, leaders who stand out, right. Who, who we are not normal for high performers. We're not normal in how we do things. We're not normal in how we think. And that's a good thing. That's why we're in the positions that we're in. So Susanna, if you decided that you wanted to sing opera on Vidyard, why not? I'll I'll give you a lot more encouragement than that. Uh, uh, as well, because look, the, th- the whole point is if we're, and we've now we've, we've officially transitioned from weeds to getting meetings, which is cool. <laughs> it's a well, it's well done, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, because I'm going to cover both in my, in my talks for, for outbound, please join us for outbound. Can't wait, can't it's wait. It's going to be a blast. Anyone in sales, anyone in sales should be there. It is going to yeah. be a party feast of sales. It will be amazing. So, so the thing I was going to say though is that we, if we're if we're trying to reach people that are tough to reach, well, what's why are they tough to reach? They're tough to reach because they're busy and probably in de- great demand. So you've got to stand out, and literally, what you need to stand out as is a person. You have to humanize yourself. And so, when I send a, a cartoon, if it's I mean, well, it's not just when I send, I mean, I do it also for clients. So they can we can they send my cartoon pieces out, and we get we get meetings for them. But but when I'm sending one out. You know, I'm I'm the cartoonist. I mean, why are you not, not going to resist meeting me? You know, that's just not going to happen. So um, I guess the point is in, in all of the contact marketing, not content, but contact marketing that I describe in, in how to get a meeting with anyone and, 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 um, and get the meeting actually as well. Um, this is all about humanize, humanizing ourselves and, and really creating the reaction in, on the other end of this is, just, oh my God, who is this? I love the way you think. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could do that, you won a, a major battle in terms of, of getting meetings and getting meetings with the people that can really make a difference to your scale. Well, and it, it disrupts, 
right? So yeah. part of it is is disrupting the status quo by standing out and getting attention and showing a different way of thinking. I want to I want to flip the script a little bit and put Susanna on the spot. So Susanna, on the spot in the moment, what's your unfair competitive advantage? <laughs> At the moment, yeah, I mean, I was like, hello, I was thinking, oh, right, Gina's asked me, but she knows I'm going to ask her in a minute. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but, you, 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 you usually put me on the spot first, so I decided to leverage this moment. And don't you worry, I, I will. <laughs> but one thing I will say, and one thing that I've been really surprised at is since starting my own business, what's differentiated me from my competitors, and my competitors know this, they know it, but they still don't do it, is video and voice messages to people mm. I can't get in contact with. And it's mm. not new. I mean, people know I'm known as that person who sends voice messages to people at their company to try and headhunt them. And my competitors know this, but they still don't do it. And I'm beating a lot of them. They're going to hate me if they are listening to this. But I, <laughs> but I am because we have healthy competition because a lot of them, we, we, we talk. And, you know, I think what, 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 I, what I'm intrigued to know, and I, I definitely want to ask Gina what her unfair um, advantage is, but what I want to know on that, Stu, I'm really keen to ask you, why are not more people taking advantage, do you think, of their, and what? how can people know what that competitive advantage is? Well, um, I, I don't think they realize what they are. And, and so, really, you know, um, you mentioned that you're using video and then, but you're not singing and you should actually sing. They I'm will going never to. forget you. I'm you going know? to. And any listeners, any listeners who want to message me, I'll, I'll test it out on you and you can tell me if it's worth doing. So Listen, you are. should just put it, just start testing it in your business and you'll start finding that they'll be saying, wow, okay, I couldn't resist. Yeah. As opposed to, well, I got your message, <laughs> right? And yeah. Nice message, but, but that they'll, they'll, they'll be saying, I couldn't resist. And that's where you want to go. If you want to get meetings with anyone, that's where, that's the territory you want to reach. Thank you. I love that. And it actually reminds me of something I put on LinkedIn not that long ago, which was like, if you get in contact with me, I'll sing a song of your choice. Give me a song choice and I'll do it. And I did get a, a, quite a decent response rate. Um, so Gina, what's your unfair competitive advantage? Come on now. Don't you know? Haven't well, you think- I, thought, I thought you knew mine, so I'm going <laughs> to pretend I don't know yours. <laughs> um, I think my unfair competitive va- advantage is the humor and the improv, um, it's always been the thing and combining it. I'm not the only person who does funny or does humor. It's combining that skill set with having a business acumen and actually knowing how to run a business um, and having consulted with many businesses over the year and having experience in turning around businesses. And, you know, one of my claim to fame is putting together really good teams. And when you combine that with that, that solid business scientific piece of it with the creative improv comedy side of it, that makes me really unique and different in how I execute that. So I think that's my unfair competitive advantage. If anyone else out there, including the two of you, think of it, it's something else. I would love to hear it because I think oh, Stu, yeah. Stu hit yeah. something that I think is important um, a lot of times, why do people not take advantage of it? Stu said it because they don't know what their unfair competitive advantage is yeah. because yeah. they don't spend time having self-awareness of it because they might be lacking some confidence. Um, the other thing that I've seen over the years and many years of coaching people, especially in coaching entrepreneurs and salespeople, is that 
There's some imposter syndrome involved where they don't see their own value, right? This is why coaching is so, um, I think, beneficial because a coach can help you see the things you can't see. But when you can't see the things that other people see in you, this is where you have to start paying attention to how people react to you, right? Which is something we teach in comedy is paying attention to the behavior. That's going to that's gonna feed you to be like, you know, if you keep getting the same feedback of like, you're so good at this thing, just embrace it and accept it and be like, all right, everybody thinks I'm in, I didn't realize I was good at it. And then I hear it enough. I embrace it. I accept it. I'm like, I'm really good at that. Well, you know, I could add quite a bit to that. I meant, remember I mentioned the weeds, the weeds model. Mm-hmm. Um, the weeds model exists at, at their eight levels of strategy to that exists to help you find your unfair advantages and create or cult- cultivate even more. So, so mm-hmm. there's seed strategy, anything that causes people to become aware of you and form the intent to do something, transact with you in some way. There's seed pod strategy. You're borrowing the infrastructure, not the infrastructure, but the the, the networks of others, you guys are doing that with this. You're doing it with, 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 with the podcast. You're going to yeah. do it at, at outbound because you're going to be up on stage and everyone will know who you are. Those are unfair advantages. Those are great. There's also mm-hmm. then thorn strategies to, to, to defend your turf, keep people away, to, to defend IP and so on. And, and segmentation strategies to, to create bulwarks against disruption because we all get disrupted. With, we're, we're hearing about recession now. That's a disruption. Pan- the pandemic mm. was a disruption, et cetera. And then there's, there's, there's some root strategies and, and soil strategies. And one of my favorites is vine strategies, which are, I'm vines are, the vines are, they're just tubes with leaves and, and roots, but they don't create their own, they don't create their own trunks or structures to get them up high. They borrow from others. They borrow the infrastructure of others. And that really is analogous to, creating a lot of alliances, mm-hmm. just, you can't do things alone. You, you, mm-hmm. to, to, to scale, you've got to, you need to involve other people and other entities. And so could I give you a real quick example of, of yeah. how that, please. So in my, in, in the weeds book, sorry, in the, how to grow your, your business, like a weed <laughs> book, um, I had said, you know, I want to, I'm, 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 I'm announcing that I'm starting a new award. It'll be an annual award called the total weed award. And it will exist to recognize and, and celebrate entrepreneurs and startups doing just totally weedy things in the, in the marketplace. <laughs> Weed like growth. Well, I just, I, I'm, I'm working out a, um, a partnership with the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center. So they're, they're going to be the host of the awards. We're going to do it every year at their so facility. Cool. It's actually, I'm, we're turning it into a, a fundraiser for them. I don't, I don't need to make money from it. So mm-hmm. it becomes an annual fundraiser. We're, we're reaching out to get, uh, to get um, uh, media partners in it. Do you think that's going to be an unfair advantage for me in the book? Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be part of that somehow. That is so we'll kind of jealous. Yeah, I didn't think you know, of the we'll idea. Figure that, out. that is so cool. Yeah, that's another, right? It, it is thinking outside of the box. And that's where, like, again, the creativity like, how can you get creative in what your unfair advantage is? Mm. And then talking about the Vine strategy, right? Having different people that you can work with, too, that can help you get the word out about you. Like being you being here today, right? Being on a podcast with this crazy title of a podcast, right? That also gives you unfair That's competitive an un- advantage. It, and, and, and that title is one of you. I mean, well, the, not just the title, but the personality. 
Gina, I didn't know that you were you were a veteran of improv. That's Wait, that's impressive. You didn't know that? How God, did we well, have that like conversation? Yeah, I trained at Second City. What? I was just there. I, I saw that. I saw that, and I I think I friended one of your friends or something like that. Wherever oh, you maybe Craig. I don't know, but yeah, outrageous. Yeah, that that really takes some guts. And and you're right, layering that on top of of business acumen makes you utterly unique. That's an unfair advantage. Who's going to match that? There's not that many that do. <laughs> No, I mean, there's, well, there's just know, not. It's really similar to my sort of my niche also because I'm, you know, my, I'm, I'm a I'm a marketer, but I'm also a cartoonist. So it's right. really pretty similar. They've, that, that's they been a great combination. Just just layering of different different aspects of, I don't know, your abilities, not just abilities. You got to develop them. But but layering of these backgrounds makes you. Yeah. Utterly unique. Well, I, I think if you look at uh, I'm very much into right brain, left brain renaissance man and woman type of thing because um, we need both. And and I'm really big into this. I created a course called Creative Selling, um, which is very actually scientific based. And even when I teach my newest course, Selling with Humor, there's, there's a lot of um, kind of science behind it, right? Because we need that scientific part. Um, uh, there was an improv conference I was at several years ago. And one of our what was called a learning journey. We spent a day at Stanford University in their engineering department um, because that engineering department actually uses improv to help their engineering students do critical thinking, right? And so what, a lot of times people hear the word improv and they think, oh, funny, creativity. And it is all that, but it really brings out the critical problem solving when you can tap into the creativity, right? And the creativity we're actually born with, but then we unlearn it. Yes, we do. Yeah. And so when you can yeah. layer, my point is like when you can layer left brain and right brain um, and you can use both of those on top of each other, that to me is, is winning because you can, you can be both parts of the brain and not everybody can do that. Some people are just left and some people are just right. But if you've got the two, Boom, unfair competitive advantage. Totally. That's, I mean, you know, and the very re refreshing uh, insight, actually, because, um, you know, if you, if you notice that both, both sides of your brain are, are firing, then, you know, it's a, just a very powerful thing. And you feel like, I, again, it feels like a superpower. Yeah. 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 I love it. Woo. Cool. I'm all, I'm all I can totally see you. Wisdom. I can totally Such see you wisdom. hanging out at, at Second City now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it I was, love that. it was, you know, when you grow up in Chicago, which is where I'm from, um, I lived there for the first 40 years of my life. Uh, you know, improv was second nature. You know, it's kind of like if you grew up in Seattle and it's all about coffee. I don't know. I'm just making up things now. But coming from a place like Chicago, like you grew up going to improv shows like mm. that was in your DNA. And I took improv classes while I was in college. Because, believe it or not, I started out as an accounting major to appease my father. And I was miserable because I suck at math. And um, I, I started taking classes in Second City to give me balance because I had always been create a creative, right? Like my entire childhood and high school years were all about creative, like art lessons, ballet lessons, voice lessons, acting lessons, dance lessons, all the lessons, right? Like my entire youth. And then I become an accounting major and it just, 
something was Mm. wrong there. So I started taking improv classes to balance that. And then someone took notice, right? So let's think about when you don't see the things in you, listen to other people or ask other people because somebody took notice in me and said, you know what? While I was taking classes, he said, you have such a childlike way about you. Mm. Never lose that. Now I was the, the youngest in my course in my classes, I was 19 at the time and everybody else was way older. You know, they were like 30, right? Back then that felt really old to a 19 year old, 30, 40, 50. <laughs> and, um, and they, a lot of them were ad agency people. So there, the Leo Burnett's and the J Walter Thompson's, like all those ad agency people in Chicago were taking these improv classes and I was surrounded by all these creatives. But when that instruct, and a lot of them looked at me as the kid, Oh, this, the girl. And, um, they would, they would categorize me in vamp roles and the stereotypical, you know, trampy (laughs) girl, um, back in my really beautiful days and they didn't see my talent. And so when they didn't see my talent, I'm like, I'm just going to milk what they think I am. They think I can only play dumb girl and I'm going to play dumb girl in every possible skit. And it worked for me because it got attention. And then when this instructor said, you're so childlike, never lose that quality about you. He was like your coach who helped you realize. Yeah, yeah. so I I held on to that and never let that go of staying, not childish, but in the mindset of a child, right? Exploring, playing, being playful and creative and not letting anybody stomp on it. You know, I'll tell you, you know, what's really interesting, Gina, is that there's something about your demeanor. There's a calmness, something, there's something, it's not just calmness either. You're ready to, like, you're ready to strike as well. So there's something about your demeanor that shows up because, because, I mean, it just fits so well that you, you have been doing improv, actually, that makes a lot of sense. I want to say I also, though, you that, didn't know her. <laughs> and then, then I'm going to say also, though, that improv actually became part of the weed mindset as well. And so that this is going to sound strange, but in, in improv, you have to, it's always yes. And yeah. Right? Yes. And yes, so, yes. you know, like whatever your partner says, you've got to just like, you don't disagree with them. You keep going however crazy it right. gets. And so right. in, in the, in the weeds mindset section of, of how to get, how to grow your business, like a weed, I was saying, look, when we, when we face disruption, you know, a lot of times we just freeze. And, and, and it's just freeze with fear. Like, oh my God, another, another recession is coming. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And, and so I, I, was, I was postulating something called resilience improv to say, whatever comes up, just say, look, okay, that's great. And here's why. And just, you're just obligated to, to go in the direction of here's why. Here's what, here's what I'm going to pull out of it as an unfair advantage. Here's what I'm going to Here's what I'm going to do to this. This is the new opportunity that's opening up because of this disruption. And so Use it's just it. like yeah. improv and comedy. Yeah. The, the yes and piece of it. This is something that I teach um, in sales and in objections and in discovery um, and problem really? solving. The yes <laughs> and is such a tool for all of that. It's like, OK, yeah, this just happened. And right. Mm. Like, how do we heighten this? How do we. How do we take it in another direction instead of being shut down and walking away and not letting the yes, but shut us down internally? We can yes and someone yes, butting. Right. And, and keep moving it forward. It's 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 mm-hmm. such a simple, easy tool that I wish the whole world had. 
saves well, marriages. Saves it does marriages. save marriages. It oh, does. but it does. Yeah. I mean, it's it's simple, but I think some of the simple things, like like weeds, tell us deal with what is. Yeah, and that's kind of like you know, in stocks, buy low, sell high. Of course, duh. But mm. it, in practice, it's really hard to do. You know, yeah. you don't want to sell your stocks because they keep when they're going up and up and up. You don't want to sell them. Mm-hmm. Right? They, yeah. could, they could go up higher. You never know. Or when when the stock market is, has hit the skids, you don't want to be buying stocks. It's really tough to do. Mm. And I think also that yes, and in the face of of objections or or just dealing with what it whatever it is, dealing with what is. And essentially what that means is setting aside your emotions yeah. um, and letting mm-hmm. your actions lead your emotions and lead you through the, whatever the difficulty is, but you've got to deal with, you've got to start with, well, what is it? What do I need to deal mm-hmm. with? Not, not what do I feel about it? Not how yeah. am I disappointed or, or, or I'm disadvantaged by this, anything like that. Just deal with what, what is the problem? Deal with mm-hmm. that. Don't deal with what you feel about it yeah. at the moment. You'll feel great about it when you solve it. Yeah. I yeah. know, Gina. I know. Oh, sorry, Gina. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> it's the first time we've interrupted each other today. Um, <laughs> oh, no. the, the one thing, the one thing that I, I, I particularly love about this is we talk about, especially in recruitment, about how people have to come in with the right mindset. But the the, the tools that you're speaking about, the analogy that you're speaking about, is relevant to everyone um, at the beginning of their sales career. So I could go and talk about how amazing sales gravy is, but let me first of all start with my competitive advantage um, and unfair advantage. An example of that would be sales gravy. During the pandemic, lots of businesses furlough, they just went off and sales gravy expanded by the use of virtual learning in a, in a huge way. Mm-hmm. And I think we actually grew over that time. Oh, we, so, we did. We did. We, we grew yeah. immensely. If you just look at um, uh, people who attend sales gravy university, like Jeb. But we shows- have to wrap up. I know Gina's going to say, I know, I know, I know. Okay. Okay. But thank you for staying on top of the time. Um, As always, I got to, well, we all are busy. Um, I have to to bounce to a call. Um, What are you going to be talking about at Outbounce to? Well, so I've I've got two sessions. The virtual session will be how to grow your business like a weed. Okay. And the, and then the in-person session will be about how to get a meeting with anyone. And we'll have a blast with both of those. Fantastic. We yeah. can't wait to see you at Outbound and get to hang out with you. You guys go check out outboundconference.com. Um, I can't remember what our promo code is, but you can, um, we have a promo code for the show. But in the meantime, you could g- use Gina 10, G-I-N-A 10, one zero, basically, um, to get uh, to get 10% off coming to Outbound. So come check that out. Um uh, I also highly recommend that you do the VIP experience. You cannot use the promo code for that, um, but do you really need a discount? Come on, there's so much value. The VIP experience, I think, is like the best way to go to Outbound. And I'm I'm saying that because, I mean, I got a free ticket into it because they're working us. Uh, but ha- being able to hang out with the other speakers is so cool. Um, so that's my plug for Outbound. And Susanna, what else we got left, Susanna? So we're going to ask you a question, Stu, and Gina, you're going to have to answer it as well okay. today. Um, whatever he comes up with. You've got to choose. I'm going to ask you to either reveal something that I'm going to ask you. Nothing no. too personal, don't worry. Or I'm just going to quiz you on something, a particular question. Quiz. So you've okay. got to decide, reveal or quiz. Stu, you're up. Hmm. Um, you know, the easy one would be to reveal something nobody knows. That, that, 
doesn't sound like it's a risky oh, thing. So you don't know what I'm going to ask. You don't know what I, I am going to ask a question though. So uh, yeah. it's not a reveal anything. So which one are you going to go with? Um, I want to go with the question. Ooh, and do you know what? You're the first person to do that. So we've still got the question waiting. What was Jeb Blount's first ever published book? And if you get this wrong, you can't come to Outbound. <laughs> oh, God. I'm only joking. Only joking. I don't know. Oh. Uh, I mean, I know about Inked and I know about, I certainly know about the, the latest <laughs> one. And I don't know. You know, Jeb's a machine. That I've never seen anyone write so many books, <laughs> actually. He's written he writes like great a, books. He's like 100 books in now. God, he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. I mean, when I do it, I, my last book took me five years. And that's not what it takes, Jeff. <laughs> My first book is still taking me five years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> cannot wait. Uh, cannot wait. So I guess. So I guess I won't be talking about anything then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will because I didn't even know it, and I I worked. What is Jeff. it? What is it? Yeah, what is, is it? I thought it was people buy you. That's um, what I thought too. But I was wrong. That was 2010, I think. But it was actually a book called Power Principles, which was published that's in two, right. 2007. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Dang it, we're all, we're all fired. Okay, yeah, we're, I, nobody's coming out now. No. All right, all right, all right, Susanna, you got? Are you gonna give me one? Do you make me oh, answer? Are you gonna reveal, or are you going to? Well, I haven't got another quiz question, so you're gonna have to reveal. Quickly. I'll reveal. So the question for you is: Give me an example of a film that has inspired you mm. in the world of sales. Mm. Ooh. Oh, good one. Um, well, I will say this, the timing is serendipitous on this one. I am currently watching, I'm halfway through it. Don't reveal if you've watched it. I'm watching Moneyball right now because it was a movie I heard Jeb recommend to clients. And phew, my brain is just blown away at Moneyball because it's about baseball. <laughs> but there's such a sales lesson in it. I'm like fascinated by it. And my husband, who is like baseball fanatic, I'm like, how have you not watched this? I'm like, but let's go watch it again because I'm going to take notes the second time through. So that to me is boom. You got to go watch Moneyball. I will. I will. And have you see you- Oh, gosh, I've got a few of them. Contact is a great one. Um, but the one that I think I, I really enjoy a lot, it's going to be politically incorrect because of the last Oscars, but but Hitch, because Will Smith is in it. And, yeah. and the thing is, <laughs> Hitch does the most amazing. He helps people get meetings. They're romantic meetings. Yeah, he helps yeah, them yeah, get yeah. Meetings. Yeah, He's that's really a good, good one. At it. I didn't think about that one either. That's a oh, good one. Oh, that's a good one. It's a really, really oh, good one. I want to watch that. That sounds yeah. like my kind of film. Thanks. Yeah, I like Friday that. Friday night, sorted. There we go. There we go. Um, Susanna, what do you got? Oh, I didn't know it was coming back to me. Do you know what? You guys are going to laugh. And this is really stupid in many ways, but it's actually Legally Blonde. And the reason I'm saying Legally Blonde (laughs) is because um, at school, I suffered with dyslexia, dyspraxia. I've I've told the audience before. Um, And I would say very stupid things. I would trip over. I even struggled to dress myself until I was a certain age. I had a thing with buttons, which is a distraction thing. Anyway, <laughs> so I was a bit, a bit of a nerd. And then, you know, I went to a very, very like private school where you have to be well-educated to be cool and you have to be really like A grade. And I wasn't, I would be copying people's homework. But then, <laughs> but then... <laughs> But then I got a, I got the equivalent of a coach. I got a tutor who really helped me. My grades went up and I got into Cambridge University, which I mentioned before. It's like the Harvard of the UK. 
And I remember going there in Freshers Week and someone came up to me, a girl who wasn't very nice in school. And she said to me, Susanna, what are you doing here? And I did the whole L words. I go here. And I actually <laughs> want, I actually felt the reason I'm bringing out that film is not because I'm relating to myself, but I actually used that film to feel inspired because I was seen as that sort of blonde who, you know, was a bit, just a bit of fluff and not really very bright. So I yeah. love it. I love it. That's awesome. You didn't want a long story, but you got one. <laughs> I love it. These were great stories. Uh, Stu, it was great to have you here. If people want to reach out to you, connect with you, get your book, all the things, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, you know, I probably um, visit either visit my author site. So, uh, and I think the spelling of my name will be with the show notes, but Stu Heineck, dot com so s-t-u-h-e-i-n-e-c-k-e.com and if you go there i've got a couple i've got you you join my list i'll send you the first two chapters of how to grow your business like a weed and otherwise connect with me on on uh, linkedin tell me just mention that you heard me on the show that'll make a big difference then i might connect with you i will awesome (laughs) awesome that's, that's, that's probably the best way Perfect. Well, thank you for being here. And thanks to our listeners for listening to this episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About, brought to you by Sales Gravy. Again, go check out um, aboutconference.com. And hey, if you want to up-level now and you can't wait to get to Outbound, why not go to Sales Gravy University? Check out the courses there. Susanna's got courses. I got courses. There's all kinds of courses. Go check them out. Salesgravy.university. Uh, and for more information about us, you can go to womenyourmotherwarnsyouabout.com. That's it for this episode. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer at Sales Gravy, saying goodbye. Goodbye, Stu. And Susanna, any last words from you? Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us, Stu. We loved having you. Thank you. And see you at Outbound. See you at Outbound.